Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Hello. You have to stop this book five secret series by Sudanus Bosch, t- chapter 20. It, it is uh, page eight, uh, 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 185. The next morning. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's true. The next morning, Cass made a solemn confession to her mother. She wanted to return wanted to return the mummy she said but her friends refused to admit that they'd taken it technically you may notice that this was true oh man she did want to return the mummy unfortunately she didn't have it likewise her friends did refuse to admit they'd taken the mummy because in fact they hadn't she told her mom that she was going to spend some time with max Ernest and yo yoji after school in order to try and persuade them to do the right thing max Ernest and yo yoji told their parents more or less the same thing that they wanted to return the mummy, but their friends refused to admit that they'd taken it. The story was that they would be working on their graduation speeches at the public library. They were packing snacks, and they wouldn't wouldn't be home until dinner time. The time frame was optimic, optimistic because they they're trying to get out of the house to do something. Uh. Was optimistic. Um, there was a good chance. That they wouldn't be home until late that night, or maybe even ever. But they figured that this is their la- the last, latest hour that they could name without further explanation. As soon as they got to the library, they went to their respective bathrooms to change. Cass. Cass was last to come out, tugging, her onto her, tugging on her dress so it would say, stay where it was supposed to. That's right, a dress. Let that sink in for a moment. Cass in a dress. And did I mention that she was wearing lipstick? Pink lipstick. Had she lost her mind? Undergone a religious conversion? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually, she was in disguise. All three of them had adopted disguises of one sort or another. They weren't exactly expecting to see wanted posters with their photographs hanging all over the museum. But they figured if disguises might might buy them some time if they should be spotted by Albert 3D or one of the security personnel that they had met previously. Also, the disguises might help from being recognized if they are caught on surveillance video again. Not would help, might help. Don't say anything, said Cass, before either of his friends could speak. I know I look ridiculous. I mean ridiculous, ridiculous. My mom bought me this dress for graduation, but no way I am wearing it then. It's nice, said Yoyoji. Yeah, nice, said Max Ernest. Although they weren't sure whether or not Yoyoji meant nice and you look nice or nice disguise or nice and as in not nice at all. Just don't let anybody see your fingernails, Yoyoji snickering. That kind of gives you away. Her ears reddened. They cast glanced at her nails for a second. Yoyoji was right. They still look raw and ragged from the chewing. Not very girlyish at all. Well, at least I don't look like some kind of hipster raver clown, she said. Put gloves on. I know. She's but not white gloves. Yep. 
she said, hiding her fingernails at her fist. Max Ernest snorted. Yoyoji had simply dressed one of his everyday outfits in which today consisted of neon yellow sneakers, skinny black jeans, and an acid t-shirt that had an orange baseball cap on it. His blue streaked hair, not exactly, exactly inconspicuous, the only additions to his everyday attire, a pair of 1950s Wayfarer-style sunglasses and a camera around his neck. You just don't get it, said Yoyoji. I'm dressed as a Japanese tourist. You are a Japanese tourist, said Max Ernest, as he, as he pointed out. Yeah, but not that kind, said Yoyoji. It's like if you, if you dressed as, on a, as a nerd on purpose. What do you mean? Well, you're a nerd, right? But you're cool. I am, said Max Ernest. I couldn't have been more, he couldn't have been more surprised if Yoyoji told him that he'd sprouted antlers. Well, not that cool, Yoyoji amended. I mean, you're not like one of those cool nerds if, that's a whole other thing. Max Ernest had employed the props in his uh, his disposal. A pair of white frame glasses and a fake mustache as they were left over from the Halloween when he'd been dressed up as Sherlock Holmes, partner of partner dr watson cats had vetoed his original costume of sherlock Holmes, sherlock holmes on the basis that max Ernest shouldn't promote something as carcinogenic as smoking a pipe do you know what carcinogenic means hmm. cancer causing mm-hmm. the mustache wasn't quite as preposterous looking as you might imagine it matched the hair color so it really wasn't over bushy their, to their credit, Cass and Yo Yoji refrained from making fun of him. Almost, you're supposed to be a midnight a midget, right? They asked. Yo Yoji said, "From like the circus." That's rude," said Cass. Ad, ad, admonished. They're called little people. Remember. Um, after ending a few more jibes, Max Ernest peeled the mustache off, but he kept the glasses. That's better," said Yo Yoji. Now you're getting. Now you're going nerd for nerdy nerd. As luck would have it, actually, there was nothing lucky about it. They had planned it that way. The library was only a block away from their real destination, the Natural History of Museum. Specifically, the restoration room where they had hoped to find the mummy's finger still sitting in a shoebox, high on a shelf, squeezed between two urns. They stopped just before they reached the museum steps. Um, before they reached the museum's front steps, Yoyoji squinted under his sunglasses. Who are those dudes? Across the street stood three men in white turbans and robes. They all shook bells and tambourines and held out handmade signs like protesters at a political event. The mummy rises. Free Amun now. The priest of Amun are waiting. Hey. Hey. What do you mean? The mummy rises. <clears throat> yeah. Hello? There were people that were holding up. The mummy rises. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know so they know about it. Mm-hmm. Max Ernest frowned. How can a, a mun be freed? He's a mummy. Plus, he's already broken out. Come on, guys, said Cass. Forget about them. We're just, we're just, they're just some wacky cult. It's time to go steal a finger. The first time that they'd visited the museum, they were on a field trip. Second time, they were working there. Neither had paid admission, and it was something of shock to find themselves lining up at the front door to buy tickets. The price of three student tickets, $18. 
what they had been what they had between them nine dollars and thirty five cents. I could try paying with gold, said Cass. She had a few stashed of jester's coins in the bottom of her backpack for emergencies. It's okay, we can pay we can we can pay what we want, said Max Ernest, scrutinizing and writing above the desk. Look, recommended donation. How about that? As it turned out, Max Ernest was correct, although the man selling the tickets was decidedly unhappy about it. Don't come back, he said under his breath as he took the $1 for three tickets. Oh, that's funny. The museum didn't close until five. That had meant they had an hour and a half to kill exploring the museum and trying their best to blend in with the ordinary visitors. They lingered their longest in the rocks and the minerals room. It was the darkest part of the museum, and better to show off the crystal geodes under the spotlight and figure it was where they were least likely to be recognized or caught on camera. As a side benefit, Cass was able to compare the gems in the show's with the raw gems she'd found in the jester's trunk. She'd determined that her gems were most like garnets, and not, as she finished, as she first thought, rubies. As they walked around, they discussed where to hide at closing time. This would be the most treacherous moment of their day, when they were most likely to be herded out with the male, male jeers, or worse, identified as thieves planning planning to purloin an ancient artifact from the museum. Their first thought, inspired by a certain book that they'd all read, was to hide in the bathroom, standing in toilets in case somebody looked under the stall doors. But experienced at school had taught them that Aller was a good that there was a good chance that the janitor might start cleaning the toilets immediately after the museum closed. And if they weren't clean, then yuck. They decided against the bathrooms. Like they decided against the trash cans, nowhere big enough to hide in anyways. And animal dioramas, they were all locked. Finally, they settled in a spot that they knew best. It meant returning to the mummy exhibit, and it would be snug for three of them, to say the least. But who would look there? After all, it was already known to be empty. The priests of Anum and... The priests of Anum notwithstanding a mummy rising from its dead generally is a one-time event a one-time only event on reflection dr amun's sarcophagus was a perfect hiding place at exactly five minutes before five they'd all availed themselves to their last opportunity to use the bathroom and entered the mummy exhibit for what they expected to be the last time it was the last time it was the last hour of the last day of the last show, and the gallery gallery was extremely crowded. This is a good sign and a bad thing. Good because they were immediately camouflaged with the multitude of museum factors. Bad because there was no way to slip into the mummy's chamber without being seen. Unlike the cost of the tickets, the crowd problem hadn't been caught art hadn't caught our young aspiring museum robbers by surprise a diversion was called for and they were experts at creating diversions it hadn't been long after all since max ernest had staged an epileptic fit so masterfully masterfully authentic that that it brought a hospital emergency room to halt Cass nodded discreetly in the direction of the guard watching over the mummy exhibit the guard was somebody they'd seen before but never met it was a descendant it was a decent chance she would recognize them, and it was risky to interact with her. But their plan, but to to proceed with their plan, but they needed to get out of the room and into the 
into the mummy's chamber long enough for them to sneak in the chamber and lie down in the sarcophagus about one and a half minutes in all, and they estimated. Yoyoji and Max Ernest nodded back. The plan was a go. Max Ernest looked at his watch and started counting down with his fingers. Three, two, one. Time to move. As the three friends separated, taking their respective positions across the mummy's exhibit in the main room, they held their breath, and they weren't entirely experienced when it came to criminal activities. As you may recall, the course of their past adventures, they'd been forced to acquire certain necessary objects through, let's say, creative methods. Nonetheless, they never robbed a museum before, and they couldn't help feeling like a little bit more anxious than about to about the job ahead the museum robbery is the kind of thing that you see on the news you don't necessarily expect to be involved in one yourself the fact that they intended to return the mummy's finger later reattach the missing mummy or might not have just justified their actions on a on a moral level but it didn't make what they were doing any less terrifying their plan had two parts first yoyoji uncapped the water bottle and stealthily emptied it onto the next to his foot creating a large puddle on the marble floor for before anybody noticed the puddle it was like he quickly walked to the animal section of the exhibit and pretended to examine a display of a mummified cat only after staring at the display for a moment did he realize that the cat was missing all the animal was missing and all the animal mummies had been packed in crates and were lined up against the wall in preparation for the exhibit to move to Las Vegas. He glanced around happily. That's funny. They're, they're in cages. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Happily, nobody had seen his mistake. Meanwhile, Cass, the most fully disguised of the three of them, had hopefully and hardest to recognize ran up to the guards. Excuse me, ma'am, Cass said in a polite, urgent voice. Somebody spilled water over there, and she pointed to the across the room to the spill, just visible between the legs of a museum-goer. The guard shrugged. Eh, show closes in five minutes. Yes, and there's more than enough time for someone to slip, Cass said firmly. I guess you're right. Giving Cass an evil look, the guard sighed and reached for his walkie-talkie. Uh-oh, thought Cass. Instead of leaving the room, the guard was going to call for help. Thinking fast, she shook her head. You better go get him up and do that right now. It could take forever for a janitor to get here. In the meantime, any of those people could fall and fracture a wrist or even suffer a traumatic head injury. The card hesitated, not wanting to leave her post. Thinking about lawsuits, you could lose your... Think about lawsuits. You could lose your job, urged Cass. Go, go. There's not a second to lose. Now seriously worried, the guard nodded and ran off. As Cass breathed a sigh of relief, Max Ernest was initiating phase two of their plan, the stink bomb. It also had been occasion it also happens oh as happens occasionally when you take care of a baby for a long stretch of time, Max Ernest had earlier that afternoon found a diaper balled up in his backpack. He'd been about to drop it in the trash can when Cass stopped him. They might have use for something smelly later. It worked beautifully. The diaper had been had been festering in a Ziploc bag for several days. And when Max Ernest opened the bag, he could almost feel the smell slap him in the face. People started looking around nervously, wondering who or what or who or what had caused that terrible stench. As the smell filled the room, the visitors filed out as fast as they could. There was a momentary scare when Cass heard had a worn 
Cass had warned might happen. Somebody slipped on the wet marble. Luckily, it was a young man who quickly regained his balance and walked out without anything but his bruise but his ego. Cass, Max Ernest, and Yo-Yoji held their noses until the last person had left the room. Then Max Ernest had hastily chosen a, chosen a Ziploc bag, or closed the Ziploc bag and tossed it into the waste bin. He had no intention of using that stink bomb a second time. Wordlessly, the three friends darted over to the mummy's changer and let themselves in. Because the sarcophagus had been built to hold a coffin, which in turn had been built to hold another coffin, which in turn had been built to hold another coffin, the container was quite large. The bottom of the sarcophagus was covered with a layer of sand. However, they had time to shift around a bit to get a little bit further down enough to feel safe from detection. It was difficult operation for three people to perform at once. Without thinking about it, they fell into their usual formation on the school bus. With Yo-Yoji stretched out on one side and Max Ernest and Cash stretched out on the other, it was wasn't almost it wasn't the most comforting, comfortable hiding place in the world, but not terrible, considering. So you're good, Max Ernest whispered. Nice job, dude," said Yo-Yoji. Cass pulled her finger to her lips. It wasn't over yet. She like had to shush them. She allowed herself a small smile of victory, and there they lie, all the three squirming mummies awaiting their burial. These people are crazy. I honestly would never do the things that they do. Would you? <clears throat> no, I'd be like so afraid to get in trouble. All right, let's pause. I think that the um 